finest weed in the South Valley. Gandalf, my old friend, this will be a night to remember. Alright guys, welcome to episode 50 of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I'm very excited. Whoop, whoop. We've, uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently on this episode. We're going to actually start off the show with our guest. So ha- say hello, David. Hello everybody. Hello, hello. Our very special guest that a lot of you will remember, David Gaffney, who just released a new single, Miles. We're going to jump into all of that. But just here at the top of the show, we would like to say that if you are a fan of this program, you can go to iTunes and you can give us a comment or a rating or a review, and it really boosts up the chances for new listeners to find us. And if you're a regular listener, you can go to patreon.com slash Jordan Prince, where you can fund the show and help us save up for pizza night. <laughs> if that's ever um, going to happen. If that ever gets to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited to have, have you back on the show, David. It's been a long time. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting me on again. I feel very privileged. And uh, yeah, it's good to be here, albeit really online, cool. albeit online. Oh, yeah, albeit online. <laughs> and Mo, you're still in Oberstdorf, right? Yes, sir. Sipping on that good old <laughs> Settler beer. The classic Settler beer, man. David, have I ever talked to you about this uh, special beer that Mo's drinking right no, now? No, no, I don't know about it yet. No, come on, okay. tell me. But full disclaimer, we paid for this. We're still not sponsored by Settler beer. We just have to say that. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get sponsored <laughs> by this beer, actually. <laughs> Are you trying this to is do the, it, no? We're, we're trying to, yeah. Because it's uh, it's the the guy who makes it is based in, in Mo's hometown where he is right now. And I'm such a huge fan. For me, it's it's the best beer in Germany. Okay, can I buy? Can can you buy it in Munich then, or do I have I, to order it in the mm, metro? Or I'm something? not sure. I haven't found a place in Munich where you can find it, but there is this one um, supermarket franchise that um, mainly exists within the Allgäu, so the region here, and they would probably um, have it. It's there's one franchise um, around. What's the 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 area called? Um, Hirschgarten. So probably there, okay, um, yeah. but I could also bring some. Right. Yeah, please do. Yes, please. Yeah. Bring it on, Man. Mike. Bring it on. That beer is so amazing. And every time we go there, like one of the favorite things um, that we didn't have this year, but we normally have in his hometown is there's a music festival that takes place uh, once a year in August, usually the first Saturday or the second Saturday in August. And it's in this valley called Gruben. So it's called Gruben Grooves. Right. Uh, and uh, we've played there together, like in my band before. Um, twice, I think we yes. played twice. No, or just once. Twice. And it's a great festival. It's um, a lot of people, and they're very dedicated to the event. And it's like great food and great beer and stuff. And that's my favorite time of the year, because if we get to play, then usually we get to see cases <laughs> of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, class. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, well, and so, do they sponsor the festival then? I think they do. In, to some, um, they yeah. are one of the sponsors. Yeah, 
I think they usually have like seven sponsors and it's like all the local um, retailers and, and food suppliers and things like that. And yeah, that's I'm, one of them. I'm keen to try new beers because and like, and at the moment I'm specifically kind of picking the, the labels that I don't know. To oh, kind yeah. of have you found something? Yeah, well, uh, what about uh, Routburger Raut, beer? No. Have you heard of this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've ordered it online and I get it delivered. Uh, but I'm trying. I'm just trying new ones all the time now because I've got so much time on my hands that I'm okay, trying, yeah. a, trying a vice went- beer and a Heller's kind of two at the same time. And then uh, <laughs> double fist. One beer, you- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not that easy, is it? Really, but uh, yeah, I wish it was. But. <laughs> Well, one beer you definitely need to try if you have not yet, um, also from the brighter area around Munich, um, Maxelreiner. Yeah, I've tried, I think I've tried this one. That's uh, if one, I can yeah. remember, it was good. But I'm, I'm staying old school at the moment. I'm drinking, a, I'm drinking Schneider Weiss beer, the tap, the original Ooh, tap. Classy one. Zero seven, I think it is. It but, sounds yeah. like you're saying you're drinking beer from the tap, which I wish, that's like my fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I wanted to ask you actually, cause I mean, Mo and I have talked about a lot over the last few months. Like, I mean, I, so like since the last time we had you on, actually, since Corona started, we started, uh, doing this show every week instead of every month. Yeah, yeah. And that really helped me and Mo kind of work through our, our own versions of the Corona blues, if you can say that. And I wanted to ask you, you know, we haven't had you on the show in about a year um, yeah, no, yeah. Little, maybe a little less, but around a year. And I wanted to ask you, you know, like during this quarantine time, I know how Corona has affected me as a musician and you just released a new single. So yeah, I wanted yeah. to ask you, you know, what were your expectations for it? And how is that, how is that affecting you? Like, you know, obviously we can't tour, but you know, what have you been up to with that? Well, I think initially, yeah, it seems strange to say it now, but initially at first it's kind of like, a little bit of kind of, I'd call it artistic excitement because it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to fucking write loads. I'm going to like really learn how to do that kind of production stuff that I really wanted to do and, and this and that. But then, yeah, when it kind of carried on a little bit more, we had releases and stuff in place anyway. And like the singles that we were doing were were kind of in line to go. But then everybody just kind of panicked and it was just like a major panic station. And I, I initially felt a little bit like when it was, it was taking a little while for like funds to come through for like this, this help fund that we got in, in Bayern for the artists and stuff. And I was panicking a little bit, then a little bit of funding came a little bit of help. And then I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, but then it was just kind of like, I felt like we've been left out in the dark a little bit, actually, uh, the musicians and, and all artists for that matter, I, I guess. But uh, I feel that everybody wants us in all the other normal times and they're kind of trying to hustle prices and like, hey, can you play my birthday? Or yeah, can you can you play this for, for food and, and whatsoever? And we don't have a budget for this. And we, we do it quite happily, you know, and put mm-hmm. our kind of sales on the line. And then I, I did feel a little bit left out when Corona came that, okay, there actually wasn't so much support. But as you know, right. like Jordan and, and obviously Mo, you know as well, that you, 
you have to carry on though. You have to find a way to, the releases are there, the videos have been made, everything's in line and we have to do it with only the kind of social media help. But talking about right. Miles, we, we had filmed that kind of uh, long before we released it. So we were really excited for it and we were hopefully, well, we were thinking of like dropping the album kind of relatively close after that, soon after that. But did now, you have a, did you have like an original release date um, that you've, have you already pushed it more than once? I think we've pushed uh, we've my pushed, new record yeah, two yeah. or three times. Yeah, 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 we've pushed, yeah, around that as well, you know, just uh, we kind of meet online, obviously, and we chat about it and say, look, is it a good time? And most of the time it's like, no, <laughs> it's not a good time. <laughs> but um, yeah, the show has to go on. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but. I think at the end of it all, I think we'll, we'll all be kind of happy that the releases took place anyway, and maybe yeah. they'll get the get the kind of rightfully deserved attention in the end after Corona, right? Because, uh, like you say, when you're you're not touring or you're not playing any live gigs, you can't yeah. really touch anyone apart from <laughs> when they're in the bedroom. And it's like, it's so it's, difficult, man. Like, yeah, I think yeah. it's, I mean, it's so obviously important for like smaller artists like us to, to tour this new content and to hit, hit as many towns as you possibly can. And right now to not be able to do that is so frustrating because that's like the main, um, that's yeah, the main motor behind pushing your, yeah, your brand yeah. and your music and your message and stuff. I wanted to ask, like you were saying that, um, that you know we're kind of all relying on the social media in, in a sense to bring listeners into the music music because we can't tour it as we normally would um what were your did you have expectations beforehand before you released miles and if you did you know have they been met or are they still on the way or how do you how would you view like it's been since your release did it come out december 4th uh yeah the 4th of december yeah 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 so yeah we we Personally, as like a gang, I, I say like we, like, I mean, the little team that we have together, I, I write with a few other people also. And uh, we we genuinely think that Miles is one of the stronger numbers on the album. Um, it's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah. Cheers, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a mean, it's kind of a lot of truth in there and stuff as well. And sounds a bit cliche to say that, but it, it is one of those ones that is like a prayer for me, you know, like some sort of hymn that I take. Yeah, I'm going to ask you later about the yeah, meaning behind uh, it and stuff. But, but. Um, but we, we do have expectations for it. I mean, it's only early. I mean, it's like you release the song, but like, you know, the work starts then where you, you have to keep pushing that fucker out there and, uh yeah like kind of throwing it and down everyone's throat again uh but <laughs> yeah. uh, but i think nobody will ever take away that part of of what it means to the team or the people involved and i think that's like a really important thing it's like i think maybe my mom or my dad might say oh yeah uh so what happened with miles then as if you know like that big hit right. is going to come Maybe yeah. one day it will, but it, it, it doesn't really work like that. I don't think it's just a constant workflow and we've yeah. progressed since the last release. We got things done a little bit. That's what sharper. I wanted to ask too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. did you see like a, a boost from the last release? Yeah. We, we seen a little bit more feedback also to do with like paying a little bit more attention to social media and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of, um, 
I'm making kind of an effort now to kind of really uh, reply to a lot of comments and every yeah. story that's getting posted out there, try and keep in touch with the people a little bit more and not be so kind of uh, Liam Gallagher and Noel Gallagher about it. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like find this, do you find this engagement, like this new engagement with comments and stuff to be exhausting or do you find it kind of like comforting right now since we're so distant? Well, at first I thought, Okay, I'm gonna have to reply to my my dad all the time now because not not to say I, I I don't rather reply, but uh, I actually take a little time in the day now to sit down when I've got ten fifteen minutes and and actually think about something to write to each person and and try and keep them involved in a way that you know I I remember their support and I cherish their support, which I actually do. And a lot of these people have kind of seen the journey from the start and helped me actually along the way, you know. So I try and remember things that we have in common also and write them in the, the comments and mm -hmm. keep it as personal as I can, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would you, um, but isn't that exhausting at some point? Um, I see. I see more with Jordan than with you, David. But the amount or the the amount of of, of output of social media output, I think it would kind of um, exhaust me. Exhaust me at some point during this year um, to kind of um, always, even if it's something positive, but to always have that kind of um, inner pressure that you have to do it because there is no other way. To connect with people. Yeah, and I think I think you're right as well. I think um, I think Jordan. I think you, you're kind of you're you're pretty much a well. You might kind of hate me for saying this, but you're a standout natural with it. It feels like on social media, it's like you're pretty cool on the story <laughs> vibe, and and it's uh, easy when you show your dick a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but obviously behind that, drawn uh, to it, you know. <laughs> uh, but behind that, you've obviously had to kind of at some point think about okay, I'm going to have to throw myself into this. And I, I'm, right. I'm trying to actually do that a little bit more now and try and gauge a little bit more. But for me, it's yeah. not so much exhausting. It's more like a, a, a comfort zone that I have to break out of a little bit. So I know that's I'm an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm getting good from it in the end, but I'm still shitting myself every time I put my, <laughs> my face to the camera, you know? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was thinking about this. Like, that's a great note from you, Mo, like talking about you know, and from you as well, David, about breaking into this, like out of this comfort zone and putting yourself because you kind of have to. And I always think about, I don't know, I know Mo knows my friend Josh, but I don't know if maybe you've seen it before, David, but my friend Josh has this channel called Have a Great Day. And he... Uh, he yeah, yeah, I think I've seen you repost it a few times. Yeah, he's got this like longer black curly hair and he's always has this crazy smile on his face and... um. Basically, I saw him over the past three years or so grow his channel in such a crazy, like, in, in my opinion, kind of a crazy speed, but also so organically. And to see him put this work into it is crazy. And it's it's different from what you and I are doing. Like, he's not a band who is building a fan base based around his own original music. He's building, I don't know. A platform exclusive. Uh, yeah, like a yeah, exactly. Like a platform exclusive entertainment uh, <laughs> brand kind of. It's okay. his whole thing is this have a great day and he um I, I have a point, I promise, but basically like he he was putting out 
different videos every single day with different musicians, either playing their original music or cover songs together. Um, funny positions, funny outfits, always smiling really big, always saying, have a great day. And now he has merchandising and now he's doing these bigger things. And um, it's just been so crazy to watch him. And then I, I get inspired sometimes when I see his work and his effort and stuff. But then sometimes I see what it really takes yeah, yeah, yeah. to put, to get like this, you know, like I'm nowhere near what he's putting out and I see it. And sometimes it just, it not only exhausts me just to look at it, but it also kind of, um, kind of scares me a yeah, little bit yeah, to yeah, think yeah. like, is that really what it takes? Mm-hmm. You know? Cause I, I don't do that. Like I do it where I'm comfortable. I choose. There's, there's moments where I think I want to read these comments or I want to make these stories but there are definitely three or four days in a row where I don't post at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. Very you know? much the same, man. And he puts something out every single day. And his stories, like like 50 stories or something, and a video content every day. And it's just like, how do you find the time to edit and to do mixing and do, you know, everything is so yeah, professional yeah, yeah, and yeah. so fun and it's crazy. Yeah, I think it deserves, I think like... Um, it's kind of it passes people by kind of how much it does take people just think okay you you're throwing something up there uh, i mean if you're just doing the talking thing kind of like uh, a great example is this lewis capaldi i mean i i, I don't know if you guys are tune, tuning into him every now and then his stories are absolutely unbelievable but they're so real and it's like he, what does he do on there yeah. he's just like uh He's a Scottish guy, and he's a great songwriter as well. He's a hit hit machine, yeah, super yeah. funny. But guy. he's just not, you know, like he's kind of. I guess he's kind of in this bubble of like uh, the high rollers. So you would assume that he's got a team behind him, kind of pulling the puppet string, saying, "Don't do this, don't do that." But he's on his stories talking about like the last shit he had and like <laughs> really gross stuff. But he's also kind of super funny and like, okay, <laughs> he's, he's just cool. kind of being himself in some sort of way. But I think that that's like uh, the gray area is like when I actually yeah. do the the story thing, and I think okay, I just try and be myself and talking to the camera. You often don't really like what you see when when you press play at the end, so. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's one of those yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense it it takes a it takes a kind of either either putting your mind in the in the headspace that for this video for this moment you're kind of someone else but it's someone else that you can trust yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> that yeah. makes sense you know yeah. or or you're really breaking through and saying like okay here i am you know like let's just test these waters out and see if something sticks you know um but so do you have a tentative date right now for uh for the new release or is it kind of just like okay let's just wait well the, we we did have an idea in mind but i think we're going to we're going to change it up a little bit now and maybe try and because we've kind of lost a bit of time with corona uh, we're pushing everything back and whatsoever. So I think we're going to maybe go for another, another couple of singles off, off the album before just to kind of hang on a little bit longer to see if we can throw yeah, that album out around the tour. But mm-hmm. if we have to, we will say goodbye. And uh, we're already writing for the second <clears throat> album, 
and it's already taken a turn and we're just going to go oh, with the great. flow now. I mean, get Christmas done and then yeah. maybe have a sneaky January release, which is a bit of a touchy Ooh. subject, I think, in music. <laughs> but I mean, we're in no position to be calling the shots at the moment. So I think it's good to kind of go against the grain occasionally and throw How many tracks? How many tracks are on the new record? Uh, 11. We have 11, 11. tracks. That's released, awesome. Released three already. So I think we can release a couple more. See, sure. See what moves and hopefully get a, yeah, a couple of nice support slots maybe in, in May or yeah. so. There's some talks, but yeah, no one knows. No? Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say, I was listening to this. I don't know if you guys know this uh, podcast called Talk House, like talking, Talk House. Um, it's a great podcast where they get... Um, you can skip the first three minutes at the beginning. It's the two hosts, but they're not really in the show. They just introduce it and they end it. But it's the two guys. And what they do is they get two musicians or some, sometimes a musician and a filmmaker, which that's always really cool. But they'll get two people to have a, a conversation together, either about a project or the process or something like that. The most recent one they did was really great. A little bit more focused too much on the guy, um, but it was Jeff Tweedy and, and, Noah jo- and Nora Jones. Aha, uh-huh, no way. It was super cool. The only thing I would have complained was that I would love to hear more about her process and her life. It was really focused about him because he just put out a new book. Um, and, I, and I love Jeff Tweedy. Don't, don't get me yeah, wrong, yeah. but I, I already know everything about him. I already read his other book. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know more about her. But there was a great one uh, with Mac DeMarco from just a few months ago. He's done, he's done it twice. And he did one with this up-and-comer sort of like 20-year-old, like, TikTok viral video musician who's just coming out with his like first EP, but he's already very, very famous in his circles. And they were talking about process and instruments and things like that. And it was kind of funny to listen to Mac because we're the same age. I think we're just like three weeks apart. He's only 30. But he talks like such an old man sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He says things like, you know, like these old cats were doing this. He sounds like some old jazz guy (laughs) from New Orleans. (laughs) <laughs> and he was because you were talking about you know there's talks for concerts in spring and I, I he brought it up and he was like you know man right now I'm just uh, hanging out with my buddies working on cars and I'm not even <laughs> drinking right now and, you know my, my manager calls me and says yeah you know we're thinking about this tour maybe in Europe and in, in May or or April and I I just keep saying yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. You know, he's he's just he's he's like I'm certain that it's gonna keep going back, going back, and he's totally happy with that. I mean, he toured like a monster <laughs> for like five years, you know. So yeah, I, I think what what I found quite tricky was uh, was that just on the the kind of at the start of Corona, we were getting some nice feedback from from a couple of labels and and some publishers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it was like coming up to that kind of third crucial meeting where it was like, okay, we're actually going to go there now and chat to them properly and about the, the kind of the real details. And then all of a sudden it was like everybody was was kind of uh, was kind of getting worried about commitments and and is it the right time to be back in newcomers and and all the rest of it. So, uh, yeah. but then having said that, during the Corona time, I got two gigs that were probably like yeah, 
probably the best. You were playing. You were playing. Yeah, yeah. This, this is what was crazy about it. <laughs> I got to hear about this. Yeah. <laughs> so we, um, yeah, we ended up getting two gigs during the Corona time. That I don't know if we would have got them in normal time if they were in like a normal uh, venue or a, or a big club or arena even. And uh, so I found like we, we took advantage of it. We went to Bremen and we supported uh, Flormega. This, this is a cool guy. And then we opened up for Pullman in the Olympia Stadium. Amazing. And it, was just, it was just like unbelievable, you know. It's just like, holy <laughs> shit, this is crazy. And uh, it's just a completely different level on a huge stage like that. It's like the sound yeah. and the monitors and the build-up and everything is really kind of exciting and kind of doesn't stop you dreaming, you know? You're like, okay. Do you know how many people how many people were in attendance? In the stadium, sadly, only, uh, only 380, I think. Around that. I mean, for, but for, for Corona, that's still a solid audience. Though. Yeah, yeah. Well, the good thing yeah. was, is they, they, they done it in a way that it was kind of, it was within the stadium, but on the top of the, on the top of the stand. I'm sure you're aware of like the concerts that happen there sometimes. So like when you look out from the stage with your guitar, you actually feel like you're, you're, you're in there properly, you know, and the pictures mm -hmm. kind of make it look, look pretty cool as well. Uh, and we yeah, were the pictures to, looked amazing. It was a great experience. I, I really enjoyed it. And but we were trying to get a football to go down to the the pitch to have a little kick around down there. But just, <laughs> they wouldn't allow us in there. But yeah, yeah, it was great fun, man. Really good. And what was the other gig you played? Uh, we went to Bremen and we opened up for Flormega. Oh right, uh, sorry. Yeah, 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 I thought that was uh, like that was one like a combo. How was that? That was that was super. It was like a, another outdoors thing and. Uh, He's like a he's like the Bremen boy, no? He's like from Bremen, <laughs> and uh, that was sold out. It was, was five hundred yeah. people, so it was like crazy during the Corona thing. How these things arose, you know, popped up, mm -hmm. and uh, so. But I think we took advantage of it, gained a few things from it, and uh, I saw a few friends playing concerts like yourself during Corona, and I. I've, you know, part of my brain as a musician is like, oh, damn it. I would love to play concerts yeah. <laughs> right now. And then, you know, the other part of me is like, you know what? It's okay. You know, like, it's okay to wait. It's okay to take time. It's okay to, you know, like, focus on other things. You know, but at, every musician has that balance of like, oh, damn it. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, and the other course, part yeah. is like, you know, it's all right. It's cool. It's all good. I did get booked for one wedding gig, which kind of came as a surprise. I was booked last year for a wedding. And then they pushed it like six months later. So somehow in September of this year, I played a wedding and man, the euphoria of <laughs> playing in front of people, even at mm. an outdoor wedding for like somewhere between maybe 60 and 100 people at a reception was just the best yeah, feeling yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah. You know, sitting in like the shade, it was a beautiful crystal clear sunny day. I had like, got a, a sort of a new suit more or less kind of all pressed 
You know, I have this Class. new gear yeah. that I've collected during during the quarantine, like all these new pedals and and stuff and new gear, and like I brought it all completely unnecessarily. I <laughs> 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 just had this Class. huge rig, you know, and just they were like, "All right, well, go ahead." You know, you're gonna play whatever it was, like two and a half hours, three hours, and I was like, "You got it," you know, and yeah, then yeah. I would just pluck around and like stretch songs out and I have this loop pedal and was just like expanding a three minute song into like a seven minute journey like just for myself you know like everyone was just walking around drinking champagne but I was just like I never want to leave this spot this is the best thing I've done all year yeah yeah it was such a good feeling yeah hopefully it comes back to us soon I mean it's uh, I hope so man because that's like you said earlier that's what it's all about it's like I was chatting to Martin, the, the the other guy that I'm working with at the moment, and we were just chatting in the car the other day about that that build up for a little mini tour. You, you're with all the right people, the van's hired, the equipment's all arranged, you're well rehearsed, and it's like oh, only fun best. now. Do you know what I yeah. mean? You're kind of like, oh. you've got these few weeks before it where you're thinking, oh shit, is, is you know, is that solo going to be okay? Or like, uh, am I going to nail <laughs> yeah. that that part or whatsoever? But but then you're sitting in the bus and the jokes are flying and I really love the build up to it all as well. The sound check, eating together, getting the nice shirt on, going playing afterwards. I love it, man. Just like every single part of it is just... It's what keeps you going, and that now that's taken away, and you, yeah. you do just have to survive with social media. Then it can get a little bit irritating at times. It's kind of it's kind of like um, like playing an actual concert is kind of like just full on heroin, just the most addictive <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, in the yeah. whole world. Yeah, and getting some nice feedback through social media is kind of like I don't know what would you <laughs> like a lot beer like a light beer yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you're yeah like okay if i if i get enough of this eventually i'll get a little bit of a buzz yeah yeah but it's not the real deal i want that yeah. juicy brown liquid i want to shoot it right up <laughs> you know <laughs> so sure, you know you're aching for that and I, um, I yeah i think in in well in berlin i like in berlin i really experienced this a lot when i finished playing and somebody would come and talk to me and, and tell me, oh, I really, really liked what you were doing or whatsoever. And they would explain certain things about the song that you really thought, oh my God, they were really fucking listening. You know, like they, and that moment where you know you've kind of connected with someone, doesn't matter if you don't know them. In fact, it's actually obviously better if you don't know them. But uh, that moment yeah. I miss so much because you actually have the feeling that you've helped someone's evening a bit. You know, you've, you've kind yes. of you've done what you set out to do: <clears throat> try and touch someone with that song and uh, crack on and write the next one and try and touch ten more. I think like that's incredible, yeah, man. Yeah. I I love that feeling. I love that feeling. Um, but I did want to ask you guys, we, we touched on it earlier, but I wanted to dive a little bit further. Um, so Miles is the, is the new single that just dropped and you said it was kind of like a prayer for you. I wanted to ask if you want to maybe dive into like what the text is about for you, maybe how long it took to write, you know, what it's kind of about for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was living in, in Liverpool at the time uh, on the previous podcast, we touched on the, the crazy days a bit and <laughs> went into some stories, but yeah, like now looking back on on those times, uh, I, I like realize how deep it actually was. At the time, I was just 
thought I was like fucking myself up a little bit and yeah, I'm on a rough path or whatever. But like looking back now and I realize that I'm still writing about those times, I realize it's affected me pre pretty heavily, you know? And like Miles, I I've had in the back pocket for a long time, but we decided to kind of move it around a little bit and, and make it a little bit stronger. But in Liverpool, I would be going to like the church every day, <laughs> like before I would start busking. And I would take my guitar, go play in the streets, but I would like stop into the church on the way into the, the city centre and like light a candle. And I was like in some other headspace, you know, I was like asking for help massively uh, with, with loads of different things. And, uh, and, and I would like write my own prayer out and say it every day in this church. And then things got more and more crazy. And I would like walk out of the city on the way back home and do it again and realize that, okay, this is, this is nuts, you know? And, and that's when I, uh, I went home and wrote miles. I like, uh, the, the first looks are. Bought a candle for my room just the other day. Put it by the picture. My gy the my gyro was on display, and that's the the gyro in the UK is like the unemployment. It's like ha ha sphere here. It's like, and I was just with the guitar. I had nothing around me, nothing really going on, and uh, it just kind of flew out of me. But uh, now I, I I don't really get down about those kind of times. I kind of use it as like this kind of reminder that. Uh, you, you can push yourself through these these things, you know. But at that Do you time, find, yeah. oh, sorry, carry sorry. on. Sorry, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. But at that time, uh, it's also a good thing about social media now. At that time, especially us us guys weren't really talking so so much about like the in depth stuff with with one another. You know, we, I wasn't really talking to my friends that I was feeling pretty pretty shitty and like down and stuff it was more like the music was the way i would get out of it whereas now I, I think if it was now kind of fast forward like nearly seven or eight years maybe i wouldn't have wrote miles maybe i would have just spoke to yeah. a friend instead you know that's like that's a, that's a really interesting thought actually do you think that you have uh, more than just this song that might not have come to fruition had you maybe spoken to somebody or found a sort of a path of what do you call it when you like expression a path of expression <clears throat> elsewhere yeah. like do you think there's more like a lot of songs in your roster that are just emotions you kept for yourself and that came out when they when they absolutely had to at some point or do you think this one is kind of a unique gem in that way i th i think to some extent all of them are a little bit like that but i think like miles for me because like the the pre-chorus is like you're learning a lesson that your mother always told you would be true it's like talking about how i i kind of failed in education a little bit and and didn't take the road that i was supposed to take but i think i would have i i don't know i think the ammunition is there and if you are a, a songwriter i think you're always going to go to those times and and pick out your gems from there but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's in no way like shape or form hard for me to like listen to it or play it or anything like that. It's it's more a case of like I'm glad I got that out, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So it's always a good feeling when you have something that's kind of on your mind and like out of nowhere, it seems almost as if you're kind of a vessel, which is a common expression for this, but like just having this thought come out of you into a song that you didn't expect, you didn't plan, you didn't work on it. It just kind of came naturally, whether or not you had a progression or a melody in mind or guitar part or something, but just having this like, even some, like for me, it's even just that first line, like when you have that first thought, it can dictate the path that the rest of the song will take. And it's really just a matter of like, just shining a light in the tunnel and following it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, oh, that's, oh, that's that. Oh, right. You know? And I think it's like, uh, yeah, I I, I don't want to kind of uh, like blow smoke up my own ass, but like, I think it's important. (laughs) Like, uh, I think it's a great tool to be able to exercise those things. And, when it comes out in music, I think we uh, we kind of get let off lightly with like uh, confessing to a lot of the thoughts that are in our head. It's like our counselor, yeah. you know, like we, yes. we we counsel ourselves through writing songs, and yes. we can also show them to the world. So we kind of uh, yeah, for your your downsides, you kind of get praised in the end for them. And I think that's quite interesting, like the contrast of like how how fucking dark it was, and then someone's yeah. telling you how beautiful that song is. Yeah, it's like uh, I think it's quite quite funny to assess those little things, you know. It's super interesting. It's mm. super interesting. It, it, it's kind of crazy because, in a sense, like every time that someone has a feeling, and I'm speaking just from my own experience, but there's some feelings I have, and maybe they come out in song, but in my head, these experiences are only unique to me and this is what i'm going through and this is what i'm feeling about it and this is my perspective on those feelings and then somebody and maybe in the some other language even comes to you and says i felt exactly the same way that these lyrics you know talked about your feelings like this speaks to me so much and it really opens up this thing where you're like Okay, wow. So okay. <laughs> a lot of people can feel exactly the same way, but they just need the song to remind them of that. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. And and you, and you need the song to remind yourself of that. Yeah, it's true, man. It's, really it's crazy. True. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, in some songs, I, I, I let the uh, one second that would pop up something's put up. Uh, in some songs, <laughs> it's my other tabs. <laughs> in some songs, I like uh, I do let go a little bit of the narrative because I know maybe not everyone will understand it, and I I try and bring some lines in here and there. But some songs, I, I just have to keep them the way they are, you know, and uh, let people, like you say, let people make their own kind of vision from it. Um, one of my all time uh, like idols for songwriting is Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. And mm-hmm. I, I, I read his books and, and I listened to everything and a big fan. And one of the big um, exercises that he preaches a lot about is that what you should really try and do it, the, to the best of your ability is either try and write a song every single day because you won't get to these, you know, ideal projects unless you put the work in like if you're a songwriter do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah um that was something that i hadn't really 
thought of or worked on most of my entire life. Like since I started playing music, at least I never had this thought. I just waited until I was either jamming something and a thought mm, came or yeah, I yeah. went into songwriting with the intention. I need to write a song about this. And, or I had a, a, you know, like a line in my head I wanted to put into a song. And ever since I, I read this from him, like a few years ago, I go in these waves where I'll do like a month or two months and I'll do something every single day, whether or not it's uh, good or, or, you know, something I can keep at, at all. Just the idea of, okay, this is a one minute song and I'm, you know, I'm just choosing the chords kind of at random if it feels right and something, some melody comes. And I found through that exercise that a lot of really interesting honesty comes out yeah, yeah. that I that I would mm-hmm. never would have expected. And it's really blunt. And sometimes it's kind of sometimes it's kind of quaint and interesting because it's so blunt. And other times it's just embarrassing and I'd never use it. But mm-hmm. you find these really weird paths. Do you like as a songwriter, do you have um an exercise like this that you think about, or is it is it this vessel that comes to you, or is it for you? Is there any sort of like, um, like how is your workflow for writing songs? Well, I, I, I tend to not not really believe in like the writer's block uh, vibe. I, I don't really pay attention to that side of things. Um, maybe because I kind of in the back of my mind, I, I just maybe at that time don't do it so much like what you were just saying, you know, I kind of wait for that ship to come home and then I go and write something. But now, now what I'm doing is like, I'm trying to focus a lot more on lyrics because I I figured like melodies, if I was to kind of pick myself apart, I would say the melodies I find quite easy to, to pick out the melody in itself. There's maybe more like joining the story up that I maybe need to strength, strengthen up a little bit. And uh, most of the time now I just kind of walk to the rehearsal room and I figure out some strong lines before I get there. And and then I just attack the song. But I always make sure I finish the song now, whereas I used to in the past kind of say, okay, that's a load of shit, on to the next one. But it's a little bit similar to what you're saying. Those you, you kind of like you have to use that that head and get your heart into it figure out what's really lying underneath that maybe not so strong verse at the start and then pick right. it and then pick it out and then all of a sudden you've got like a killer bridge and you're like oh okay maybe i can join this up and so i'm trying to finish them now even if they i don't think they're so strong and just uh tr- really treat it as work that i have to do this i have to complete this today or tonight mm-hmm. and uh I tell myself that I have it in me. So I, I try not right. to get so down about it. And there's plenty of stories out there to use. If you can't find your own story, you'll find loads of other people's stories online. So like, uh, there's yeah. enough ammo everywhere no, to, to do it. So Absolutely. Mo- but is this your, your, your main topic? Like telling people stories, whether they're your, yours or, or other people's? But um, but from certain perspectives, I mean. Well, well, I I would I would always start on my own story, and and then whoever was in, for example, say yeah, so I sit down, I try and write something about a scenario that happened to me. If if that scenario doesn't work out uh, fast enough for me in the song, 
then I'll pick another character in the story and, and make their life a little bit more interesting and go down another road with another character that was in that situation. And I found that I can make that a okay. lot darker than, than what I was actually <laughs> planning to do in the first place. So, and yeah, I think Ed Sheeran, a team, the so, song Ed Sheeran, the a team, uh, I don't know if you've heard it, but, um, yeah, I kind of sometimes use that as like a little kind of uh, bookmarker to say, okay, just pick someone who's having a rough time and uh, try and make it that they have a good round story at the end. It's just an exercise. Yeah. Uh, Mo, you can, you guys can talk just for a second. I'm just going to run to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> um. But one one thing I find um, or found pretty interesting earlier when you mentioned how interesting you find those um, those contrasts between telling very deep personal stories from rougher times of yourself or you had in your life um, and then having maybe an audience coming up and saying, hey, this is just a beautiful song without regarding the, the, the story that lays underneath it. Um, is this something you like to play with? Uh... Like... Building a sweet song with a, a very a little bit, yeah, a little story. bit. I mean, it, it, it's something that um, because I, I like to. I think a lot of people that that kind of might hear me sing or perform, and if they don't get to catch me after the show or before the show or something, they might think like, "Oh my god, you know what a fucking dark guy," you know. <laughs> Because I, I seem to only really uh, write these kind of darker ballads. That's just something that comes natural to me. So I, I like that. Yeah, I like these things. It's uh, I, I do like to play on it a bit. Not not overly playing on it, but uh, yeah, I like to finish the dark song and have like a, a cheeky smile at the end of it. Is you know, to see people are kind of like. What the fuck is going on here? You know, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, because I think that is something when I when I um when I kind of I don't want to say compare, but it, when I listen to Jordan's music and when I listen to your music, um, and I gotta admit that partly I played Jordan's music yeah, with yeah. him, but um, um, this is something you have in common, even though you have very different styles and a very different output. But um, with Jordan, it's more like so. Like you have the, those dark ballads, and with Jordan, it's like more those super sweet um, sound. Great tunes, man. I always picture picture it like 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 uh, the first album. The second one's gonna be different. Um, like the sound, the sweet sound I, I would listen to while scrambling some eggs on a sunny <laughs> sunny Sunday yeah. morning. Yeah. And this guy could tell you um, stories about, I don't know, the most fucked up nights of his life, <laughs> but could it make sound like a super sweet song you could listen to with your yeah, little yeah. kids? Uh, Mr. Prince has a Sir Prince, should I say, has a, <laughs> has a, has a knack for that, no? Are you trying to say like I, I, I hide like depressing, crazy creepiness in a, in, uh, like under a light veil? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's... I think that's true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, th I think it's, and I think it's an art in itself to do that. I, I'm trying to write a happy song every now and then, and I, for me, <laughs> the, the the chords aren't working so well. You know, it's like, 
<laughs> man, you know, sometimes I wonder where that, like, where where this passion for that kind of, I don't know, that style came from. Because, like, I was talking about that with a friend a few days ago um, about some songs. Because, I, I, like, right now I'm doing this exercise that I told you about with writing, like, something every day. And yesterday I did one that was just, like, extremely dark and extremely on the nose. And I was just having a bad morning. I put a timer for, like, 25 minutes, tried to do something in those 25 minutes. And when it came out, it was just this almost, like, angsty teen crap. It was just, like, this Corona Blues trapped board sort of little thought that just kind of plopped out. Um, but then maybe today or, or maybe the day before that or something, there was another one that had, still had these sort of tones to it, but they were way more subtle and a bit more sarcastic and the chord and the melody were super cheerful. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was telling a friend about that and they were like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of your thing. And, and, and I didn't, and I didn't realize yeah. that before, but I mean, I guess like looking at, uh, like 12 songs for 12 friends there's definitely a couple of little moments in there that are kind of you know burying this feeling of either like longing or like i don't know like sadness for someone or like um like a depressive sort of i don't know context but it has this like poppy thing to it and i really wonder sometimes i think it comes down to two bands that influenced me a lot when i was growing up one would be like this pop structure that I tried to implement in probably way too many songs comes from, and this is so stereotypical, but really from like the Beatles. Yeah. Toto. Okay. (laughs) 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 But when I was, I don't know when I was like, um, you know, maybe between like the ages of seven and 10, that was all my dad listened to was like the Hollies, the turtles, the kinks, the Beatles. And just this really, pure pop structure was kind of ingrained in me i i could feel like the bridge coming i could feel that double chorus Mm, at the end coming in like that structure just kind of sunk into me and then you know these really absorbative years you have between like 14 and 16 the music that you hear that you can always listen to the rest of your life that was when i just really got obsessed with death cab for cutie And they have that record, uh, Simple, no, Plans, not Simple Plan. (laughs) 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 Although I did like them too. (laughs) (laughs) But but Plans is this like beautiful, like well-arranged, tasteful, really like somber, you know, fire crackling in the background, sort of leaves falling, snow drizzling kind of album. And still they have a couple of songs. For example, the song Crooked Teeth, which I still love a lot, um, has this pop structure and it has these like sort of catchy melodies and catchy harmonies, but the text behind Ben Gibbard's words, like the text behind the melodies, is often pretty depressing and pretty melancholic. And I think because of this combination of this Beatles obsession when I was really young, and this next band that always sort of sunk its teeth into me, its crooked teeth into me at the right moment. <laughs> I think it's something between these two bands. There must just have been some perfect like chemical A and chemical B. And I'm like the Powerpuff girl that just came out of it, you know? And, and so when have, have you ever 
do you ever kind of purposely try and exercise the other road? You, you, you know, do you kind of tell yourself, okay, I'm going to try and write, because I do this all the time. I'm going to try and write something different today. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. all the chords, major chords, and uh, I'm going to have a kind of relatively fast tempo metronome behind me. I'm just like, I'm going to try and work on that. And I you just, just force yourself into like a new pocket kind of. And I, I just throw an F sharp minor in there and let it ring out. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, totally. I'm, I'm like totally, going down man. Coldplay vibes. And it's like, <laughs> I figure the song can still be like a fast tempo, but you just play less chords. And I just. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I would say I definitely try that occasionally. I don't do it maybe as much as I should because it's a great exercise to put your brain in, in a corner yeah, that it's yeah. not used to being in. But do you think so that's a good? thing if you're so strong at the other the other uh vibe do you think maybe i would say i would say like any opportunity that a musician has to either learn something new or just challenge themselves they should do it yeah yeah yeah. you you know because like like you already know your strengths i know my strengths mo knows his strengths as a musician and i think we can always rely on them like okay i can always write like kind of a little poppy thing but maybe I would find like a great combination between like what I can do easily or more easily in a, in a combination with something that is new for me, yeah, like yeah, a challenge yeah. for me. And maybe you have like this whole new song that yeah, you yeah. had no idea that you could write. And I think that's always like a miracle. You should always go for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have to push myself more out of that, that bubble, I think. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, but one thing that I just, um, I want to ask you guys because I experience myself at the moment and I got to say, I do not um, write that many songs intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm not really a songwriter and so I don't have those kind of routines and I don't push myself like that. But even though if I'm just um, noodling around, you always fall back in those those certain patterns and um, uh, like arrangement Mm -hmm. of chords, etc., and what I just do to force myself to to try new stuff is really um, messing up my tuning or playing open tunings or something mm. super weird. Is that something you guys do? Uh, well, we've got two songs. The the first the first single, "Raise the Bar," and another song that I can't. And "Home and High," another song, and. I love the sound of of the guitar yeah. and and it does open up more things. So when I'm rehearsing that song on that guitar with with that tuning, then I tend to kind of go into a songwriting session. I'm like, oh, what the hell is that down there? You know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can yeah. make another song out of this. But I'm only trying to make another song, so it's like worthwhile bringing three guitars on the road, you know, because I don't like this kind <laughs> yeah. of mid mid set tuning. I'm per- always trying to arrange the set. So the tunings uh, are, are easier to do, for example, after the first break or, or the encore or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I need a few more in the open tunings, but I do get lost a little bit with the open tuning. And um, you know, I don't know about you, Jordan, are you using those methods? I feel like, I feel like standard tuning, when you get used to it, like open neck, or when you get used to playing around with capos, um, it's kind of like when you get used to 
like a Super Mario Brothers world. You get used mm. to like world one, one through four. You're like, I got it. I know my jumps. I can speed run. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. where the Goombas are going to be. Bowser's a quick fix. You get really, really, really used to it because you have to do it so much to get to the harder parts. And then with open tuning... It's Super Mario Maker. It's Super Mario Maker where like <laughs> a different different people <laughs> have turned things and like, you know, tunnels now bring snakes out and like your question mark doesn't yeah, give you yeah. a mushroom, but it gives you like a, I don't know, a chomper or whatever. But um, I, there's two songs. I was just thinking about when you said that there's also two songs for me that I did in different tunings that I'm really, really happy with, but it's not often the case that I find something like genuinely pleasing when I do it. Because like you said, I get completely lost into it. There's like, yeah, I find yeah. something weird and it sounds cool, but then I think like, but this isn't like a starter chord. This is more of like a, like an attitude chord. This should yeah, go closer yeah, to yeah, like yeah. a, like a pre-chorus or like a bridge. And then I think like, well, what would the starter chord be? And then it just takes me forever and then I get lost. But like the most classical one ever, of course, is just drop D. Yeah, yeah. And which for those who don't know, it's just, you know, you take the the bigger E string at the top of the guitar and you just tune it down to a D. And then you can hold a D chord and strum the whole guitar and it sounds so full and so big. It's Harvest the, Moon is drop D, not Har- Harvest Moon, Neil Young. Because so, sure. you really hear that thing when no. you play the, the ding, ding, oh, ding. It's, it's a, gorgeous. It's class, yeah. Uh, and I did, um, yeah, Mo knows this song, How It Is. Um, I did yeah. this with, with drop D and I put the capo like on two or three or whatever. And... That song just sometimes he he changes yeah, that. It's up to yeah, him where, where, where he puts the capo on. <laughs> and you have to figure that out, man. And he do, he doesn't say a word, but um, okay, then you, you you look over and you see okay tonight it's capo on fourth fret. <laughs> oh, it's fourth. Uh, so yeah. I got to switch. Hey, Mo, I've got a, uh, an old friend of mine in Jersey, Matt Romrell. He's sick bass player. He's unbelievable. And sorry, uh, and it's exactly the same. Uh, he says exactly those words to me. He said. All right, Dave. Uh, what key are you playing all the songs in tonight? Can uh, can you tell me thirty <laughs> seconds before you start, please? That'd be great. <laughs> oh man, it's it's all too real. But he has yeah. just said. <clears throat> um, but I I did this one, and I'm I'm really happy with it, and it just kind of came really kind of I don't know naturally in the moment. But this other one. I could not tell you today. I would really, really have to study it or like ask a few friends who worked on the album. But like I did this other song for 12 songs uh, called My Little Bear about this uh, beautiful, hairy friend of mine from New Orleans. And I did something like, I, I don't know, I did like a drop D, but then I also changed the G and I think it changed the B string as well. But I could not tell you with a gun mm. to my head where I put them right now. But I and I had the capo, I think, on two. And then I just found, like you said, like I explored, I found these really weird chords, things that kind of felt like, oh, that could start it. And maybe, oh, that would be a nice, like, interval, strange thing here. And I had this time pressure uh, to do it. I had this little window to make a song. And I thought, well, I'll do it with these weird chords. And that was the most, like, exhausting <laughs> and self critical self-judgmental time and in the end it still is kind of me but it's also something it might be one of my more completely different sounding songs because of where it chooses 
to go, but I, I don't think even today that I could ever replicate Not the, the, that the song. I would have that. no idea. It'd be like Joni Mitchell. It'd be like, I, I don't know what this tuning yeah. is. I don't know what key this is at all. You know, <clears throat> We've got um, uh, a guy, Simon Steger, his name is. He's, he's a great guy, and he, he works with us in the band, and he actually uh, came on board, and we recorded the album with him. So he, he didn't really produce the album, but we were – flying all the files over to him and he's one of these guys that's like i'm sure we all know one who's just like a mega genius you know like he knows how to do everything on a computer anything musical he's like classically trained in piano he, he he's just like a standout top top guy and he like so I, I would take a song to him and say what what do you think about this song so I'd demo it and he'd say, well, if you take the G string down to blah, 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 and the A string there, and you pick only these kind of uh, strings, you then I won't hear this note, that note, and this note. And it was like unbelievable to sit with him. But then, yeah, uh, to some extent, if it's going to be completely perfect the whole time, then – I think you'd have a different tuning to every every single song if you wanted it to be completely in line. So we've kind of used Simon's advice on a few songs to kind of change it around, and it really does imitate the the piano exactly what the piano is doing. Uh, but when you're a one man show and maybe you're going on the road, then it can be difficult to to kind of carry all the guitars around and. Because the guitars yeah, sure. don't sit right, no. When you you, my Martin yeah. anyway that I've got, I keep that in standard tuning because if I keep it in another tuning for like a couple of months to practice something, it's always flo floating in and around the tune. Then and I find they have to yeah. stay there. No, I think it's not so easy to do that unless you um, unless like you get to a certain level where you can have a stagehand just running back and forth with yeah, freshly yeah, tuned. Yeah. You know, yeah. I saw my morning jacket once, uh, I think in like 2010 in New Orleans. And that was the craziest thing ever to see a stagehand giving Jim James like a freshly tuned guitar, at, at least every other song. Yeah, yeah. I think he had like eight guitars or something crazy. And it was just guitar after guitar after guitar. And you could tell like kind of by watching the hand or seeing where the capo is or whatever, like... Uh, this is an open tuning or like, oh, that's going to yeah, be, yeah. you know, I mean, not that I am an expert at this, but just to watch it, you could tell something wasn't totally right about what, you know, oh, this sounds like an E, but his hand isn't right. Mm. It must be an open thing that's similar. And yeah, it was just crazy to see that. And I, I thought, man, I, I have like two guitars that I trust the most. And for the time being, maybe maybe I could keep one and drop D if I really, really needed it. But otherwise, <laughs> I'll just... Yeah, but but drop D's, drop D's not the issue. I mean, that's something you could always do. That's in the, in the moment. The, the one guitar you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just do that in the moment. That's why I like having the band yeah. do the intro to the song. Like, usually Mo knows this trick. I'll look at him and yeah. him and the drummer, and maybe if, <laughs> if we have a guitarist with us too, I'll be like, all right, guys, we're going to do, you know, the next song's how it is, so just do the little intro. And they'll just like sizzle in with the cymbals. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll like yeah. do something, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> some nice gentle things and in the background I'm like oh shit just tuning the guitar <laughs> and then I come back, back like alright I give the little nod you know like the 
Yeah, I'm Jordan's ready. ready. <laughs> Jordan's ready, baby. <laughs> yeah. hey guys, I have to go to the toilet quickly now, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah? No yes. problem. Let's do a quick break. But yeah, man, I think... Um, I think it's really cool to see how so many different artists um, think about writing and how they get their thoughts together. And there's so many, like, uh, maybe now that you're on, on social media more often, like, I don't know if you feel this way too when you follow bands that you've met on tour or bands that you met through friends, but when you see how people do their promo or how people do their um, advertising or maybe how they do their brand or something, putting out new singles or, or maybe promoting concerts in a way like the way that they do them, maybe online. Um, I, I have this terrible habit of no matter who it is, kind of having this like kind of unhealthy thought of like, oh man, like I should be doing that. Not, and not in a way that they shouldn't, but in a way that I really wish I was. And I wonder if since you've been on social media more, if you if you have those feelings at all, or if you're just like, if you're staying cool and just happy to be in the game and like, cause for me, I think it's a really unhealthy thought towards myself, mm. you know? Yeah. I also get that at times. I, I definitely understand what you're, what you're saying there. Uh, but what, what I do is I, I try and yeah, I ha have some, some other songwriters that I, I kind of, I ask for advice quite a lot and uh, I, I'm not scared to ask for advice and uh, there's a few people that I call every now and then, whether it be social media, songwriting itself or releases or whatsoever. And I try and turn that into, if I see the person is doing something that's really effective and I know I'm close to them, then I, I try and branch out and make it something productive then. That can I learn from that person? I obviously can because they're doing something that I'm not. And I think like, uh, yeah, I, I do kind of look at other artists and think, yeah, God, I, I should be doing that. And But I do try and turn it into a productive thing now and, and reach out and say, hey, how you doing? Do you mind if I wreck your head about something and have a little chat? And uh, I, I just ask ask people how actually how are you doing that or how are you finding it and and whatsoever and a friend that, that i'm i'm reaching out to a few people now because i'm trying to focus a bit more on the spotify side of things and uh the playlists and everything and it's just like another world man it's like it's absolutely <laughs> another world and to think that crazy. i you know in in the past haven't really put so much energy into it now when i look at it i think oh my god you were fucking sleeping, man. But uh, but that's just that's the such way a it healthy, is. like such a healthy, productive way to to look at that <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, I'm yeah, actually yeah. really like I'm impressed and also kind of humbled by that. It's like I should really look at it like that, actually. Yeah, but still, I think like it, there's. I mean, I'm not saying other people's jobs. There's not a lot of heart going into it, which obviously there is. But there's a different kind of level for for this kind of thing with, with the arts, I believe it kind of, it will keep you awake at night. If, 
you know, you have worries and you don't think it's going too well or whatsoever, then, um, but I guess we're, we're all kind of used to the hustle by now. No, we all kind of yeah. know that this is what it is. I think, yeah. I think the funny thing, like the combination sometimes is that, you know, you can see this kind of competition or this version of competition in social media. And if you have a, a really happy and I'm using quotation marks here, but like a healthy sort of life outside of that, then you can view it more easily in the way that, okay, that's not how it really, really is, but it's okay. And I'm playing the yeah, game the yeah. best that I can, mm. but you're more like you can at, at night, you can turn off the phone and you can be happy with your, with your life as it is. And it doesn't matter as much, but I think during Corona times, that it's much harder to it's much harder to have that separation of that doesn't matter. It's not as important as my personal life, which is you know happy and healthy because and there's, yeah, there's yeah. nothing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, right. you know, yeah, you're yeah. you know, I'm you know, you're not playing anything. Maybe um, my singles are more difficult to advertise. Um, you know, and I'm saying you in a general way because I mean that for me too. But yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's you're only getting a feedback on the world from, from your phone as opposed to having feedback on your phone, but caring more about what's going on in yeah, front of you. Yeah, yeah, and right now, yeah. nothing's going on in front yeah, of you. So yeah. it's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to pay attention to? And if I pay attention to this, I just get more, I don't know. I get, uh, I mean, of course, jealousy and other yeah, bad yeah. things. I mean, I've, I've got, I've got two kids and, and, a lovely lady by my side and uh, I feel very blessed on, on the other side of my life. You know, I feel kind of, uh, yeah, I, I never thought something so fucking cool could actually happen, you know? So, uh, when I look at it in that kind of way, it's kind of like, okay, let's crack on with the music, you know, when the kids are in bed or whatsoever and you have a little bit of time on your hands, then, you know, it's more of an incentive for me now to kind of be like, okay, grab this a little bit more by the horns, jump into it and throw yourself about there. And, um, yeah, cause I, I yeah, I want to make something of it and, and I really want to push for something. What that will be, I really don't know. I'm really not so sure what making it is anymore. You know, it's definitely different yeah. from when we were 21 or something. Absolutely, man. But, I used to think that yeah. making it meant, you know, I used to think that it was this perfect thing of if you are the band on Saturday Night Live, then you've made it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And now it's a whole different game. There's so many people who have absolutely made it a thousand times over what I would have expected, and they've never been on that show. But I think we're in like, uh, I, I really admire Germany for, for this in some sort of way is that I think we're living in a country that has a lot of people that want to go to concerts. And I think the, the general. And all kinds yeah, of concerts. Yeah, they, they want to branch out. They want to go to something different. They want to dance. They want to cry. They want to do different things, you know, and. I generally get the feeling that people really want to find out about the musician. What does he or she do? Uh, do they have a family? Do they, you know, I, I find they really ask these questions that make it a, a really fucking interesting place to be. And I feel pretty blessed to be here. And I've, my, I found my roots here. And, 
I think after Corona, there's some things happening for us, I believe. Yeah, man, I think so too. I, I think the uh, amount of opportunities for entertainment, live entertainment, post-corona is going to be a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like <laughs> Vegas. It's going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, gambling, that's a good no? description, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are going to be so thirsty for concerts man it's gonna yeah. be great it's gonna i think be just so gonna great. i'm just gonna write them darker and darker the songs just like <laughs> take them to another dramatic level and and see <laughs> see if we can get some blood at the game reverb on yeah, the piano. yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly um well um i think we can probably just wrap it up here i hate to say goodbye but i don't have so much time left um i have one little story to tell you yes. jordan because you be, you better be proud of me. I um, did some Algoy plus a Southern US crossover kitchen on Sunday. Okay. okay. What did you make? I made chicken and waffles. What? <laughs> Holy what? shit. Did, did your family eat it? Did they eat it? No, no, I, I was in Munich. Oh, you were in Munich. Oh, okay. I was, I was, I was, I was, um, I was, um, Make it together with a, with a, with a close friend um, and crossover kitchen because um, we put we found found this one one recipe from somewhere from the southern states. I'm not sure where exactly it was from, where you put cheese in the waffles, but already in the in the dough in the dough. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and we um, and we took this this great um, cheese from Oberstdorf, like this Beckhäse. Oh yeah. Because my family um, got like a whole wheel as a gift. <laughs> That's so fucking. And then, jammer, then, man. then I made chicken and waffles, and I put the backhands into the waffles, and it was amazing. Class. So you had like, did you have fried chicken or was it baked chicken? Fried chicken, dude. I bought like four liters of uh, like oil and, and fried it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> did you? Did you? And the day before, I, I was yeah. gonna say, did you put maple syrup on the waffles? Yes, oh, sir. You did the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I did not make chicken wings or like um like drumsticks or something. I made um like I took like boneless chicken mm-hmm. breast. But I put it in in the day before in, in buttermilk with oh. some some spices and some pineapple actually and lime. Oh, Dude, man. you can only do that when you're under 25. Otherwise, it's a risk for heart disease. <laughs> <laughs> I al- I also f- also kind of felt that after after eating, but it was <laughs> awesome. Man, something light for for before the the big um the big s- Christmas stuffing stuff. Yeah, yeah you know? something light just to warm up, you know. <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. I, I I can respect that. That takes some effort. I, I I wish I would have tried that, man. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll do it again for you. I'm happy to do uh, it. Hey, I'm sure involved. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, David I wanna... can come too. And bring those Make beers sure I... as well. Yes, now I want to try the beers. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. We have to do chicken and waffles made by Mo, and we gotta get bring a case of uh Zutla beer. Yeah. Yeah. They call it a classic Munich breakfast. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Um, so let's, let's just that. all wrap up here together. Huh? I guess I think that's easiest. Yeah. Um, uh, first, I want to say thank you to our our returning guest, David Gaffney, to no, our fiftieth episode. Much, so great to have you here. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. 
which episode was uh, David's first appearance on the show. So if you enjoyed this one, you can go back and check out when we first had him back in the old M94.5 studios when life was normal. Um, and thank you, Mo. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, of course, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash jordanprince to support us. Or you can go to uh, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's available everywhere. You can give us a rating or a review or a comment, and you can boost our chances for new listeners to find us. It really helps a lot more than you would think, or even just word of mouth. Uh, And Mo, if they have a comment, or they are an artsy-fartsy immigrant, where where can they find us? Um, on Instagram at artsy-fartsy-immigrants and you can also send us an email to podcast at m 94 pound m 94de That's it. Um, and I want to say, go listen to, to David's music, to his new, oh, sing, new, to his new single, yeah. Miles. Yeah, David, uh, pl- uh, plug your stuff, man. Where can they find you yeah. uh, online? I mean, come and find me everywhere. If you put David Gaffney Miles into Google... You'll find the official video. From the official video, you can grab my name, go into Instagram, David Gaffney Music. And uh, yeah, come say hello. Hit me a follow. I'll come straight into your inbox if you follow me and uh, I'll I'll take the, the lead from there. So come and find me. I'm, I'm easy to find. Excellent. All right, guys. Go check out David Gaffney's music and... Boys, um, we're going to, uh, I'm going to count down until we stop recording, and then we can just stay on the call for a second, okay? So, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been our 50th episode. We are going to stop broadcast in three, two, one. Look out, baby, the saints are coming through. And it's all over now. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.